Today's podcast is sponsored by Hairburst. Loved by the A-listers, the brand aims to condition hair from the inside out to promote faster growth and healthier hair. Whether you're stranded damaged from colour or excessive styling, their products are specially formulated with high quality nutrients for the best effects, from their luxe shampoo and conditioners right through to their vitamin supplements. Keen to try the range? Hairburst are offering Sheerlux readers 20% off when they use the code SHEER20 at hairburst.com. You can also find the products on Holland and Barrett, Boots and Superdrug. Time poor, never get around to watching or reading the news, where you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be. Well, the Daily News in Brief from Sherlux.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Welcome to the Daily News in Brief podcast. Today is the 15th of August and this week's main stories are Investigators searching for a British teenager who disappeared while on holiday in Malaysia have found a body. Nora Quarren, who had learning and development difficulties, was reported missing on the 4th of August after disappearing from her bedroom at a holiday resort. The Lucy Blackman Trust, a missing persons charity supporting Quarren's family, confirmed her body had been identified on Tuesday, stating... We can confirm with great sadness that the body found today is that of missing teenager Nora Corrin. Malaysia's Deputy Police Chief Maslan Mansour said Corrin's body had been discovered unclothed in a hilly area of a plantation on Tuesday, around two kilometres away from the cottage where Corrin's family had been staying. More than 300 people were involved in the search for the 15-year-old and more than £110,000 in donations has been crowdfunded to support Corrin's family while the investigation continues. While Malaysian police described her disappearance as a missing persons case, the teenager's family said they believed she had been abducted. In a statement this morning, police said the autopsy of Quarren had concluded that she likely died of starvation and stress after a week in the jungle. Discussing the findings, police chief Mohamed Matt Yusuf said the teenager had died from a ruptured ulcer in her intestine, possibly caused by prolonged starvation or stress. He added that there was no sign of violence, abduction or kidnapping, although tests remain ongoing. Boris Johnson has unveiled new plans for the expansion of blanket stop and search powers. The Prime Minister announced the plans to lift restrictions on using Section 60 stop and search powers more widely across England and Wales on Sunday. Number 10 said the decision was based on initial feedback following a three-month pilot scheme held earlier this year. Introduced by the then Home Secretary, Sajid Javid, the scheme trialled the extension of search powers in seven police force areas, allowing officers to search people without reasonable suspicion in places where they believed serious violence may occur. Discussing the new policing plans, Home Secretary Priti Patel said, Stop and search works. We hear again and again from police that they need to be empowered. However, the decision to extend search powers has been met with criticism from the Labour Party. Shadow Home Secretary Diane Abbott described the government's approach as draconian, saying, Evidence-based stop and search will always be a vital tool in preventing crime, but random stops have only poisoned police-community relations. It comes amid wider law and order policies introduced by Johnson and Patel, including an additional 10,000 new prisoner places and £85 million in extra funding for the Crown Prosecution Service. Amber Rudd has spoken out about the possibility of a no-deal Brexit, claiming risks posed by disruptive departure can be mitigated. The Work and Pension Secretary's comments stand in marked contrast to a previous statement in which she claimed a no-deal Brexit would result in generational damage to the UK. Rudd has remained in her cabinet post after dropping her opposition to a no-deal exit when Boris Johnson became Prime Minister. 
Speaking to ITV News on Tuesday, Rudd said she still believed no deal Brexit would be far worse than leaving the EU with a deal, but emphasised that the government was putting in place a lot of preparations to mitigate its potential impact. Meanwhile, Boris Johnson has attacked MPs in a live video on Facebook, accusing them of collaborating with Brussels to block Brexit. Answering questions from the public on social media on Wednesday, the PM claimed there was a terrible collaboration between people who think they can block Brexit in Parliament and our European friends. Johnson argued that the EU's belief that Brexit could still be blocked by Parliament had left the bloc less willing to compromise on the withdrawal agreement. As a result, Johnson claimed MPs are making it more likely the UK will be forced to leave with a no-deal Brexit. The PM has repeatedly said a no-deal Brexit is not what his government is aiming for. However, he has also insisted talks between the UK and the EU can go no further unless the bloc agrees to ditch the Irish backstop arrangement, something Brussels has repeatedly said it will not do. On Tuesday, former Chancellor Philip Hammond launched an attack on Johnson's Brexit stance, accusing the Prime Minister of employing a wrecking tactic by insisting the backstop must be scrapped. Hammond claimed the government had purposefully set the bar for negotiations so high in order to sabotage talks and ensure the UK would inevitably leave without a deal. In UK news... Caroline Lucas has called on 10 high-profile female MPs proposing they establish a cabinet of national unity to block a no-deal Brexit. The Green MP has reached out to female politicians, including Liberal Democrat leader Joe Swinson, Labour's Emily Thornbury and Scottish National Party leader Nicola Sturgeon. Should Boris Johnson's government be defeated in a vote of no confidence, Lucas has suggested the MPs form a temporary national unity government in pursuit of legislation for a fresh Brexit referendum. The referendum would likely offer voters a choice between a no-deal exit and remaining in the European Union. Lucas said she believed an emergency cabinet made up of women from across the UK's political parties would be best placed to reconcile Brexit divides. She explained, Why women? Because I believe women have shown they can bring a different perspective to crises and are able to reach out to those they disagree with and cooperate to find solutions. Children and young people are being lured into gangs with offers of free food, according to evidence submitted to the House of Commons Youth Select Committee. The committee heard the evidence as part of its investigation into the UK's rising levels of knife crime. Some organised crime groups, referred to as chicken shop gangs, have been known to target children with offers of free fast food. Natasha Chopra of the Children's Society said gang members would offer young people free food in chicken shops in order to build a relationship with them, later enlisting them into gang activities such as drug dealing. According to Chopra, gang members prevent young people from leaving with threats to share videos of them performing sex acts or taking drugs. Threats of violence may also be made against their family or friends. The Children's Society said the problem had been exacerbated by cuts to youth services, which had led some young people to use fast food chains as places to socialise. British diplomats are set to withdraw from EU decision-making meetings in Brussels within days. The move is currently under discussion by UK officials and comes as the British government attempts to emphasise its do-or-die Brexit stance. It follows the Prime Minister's pledge to unshackle British diplomacy from EU affairs. However, some have claimed a withdrawal would only exclude the UK from day-to-day decision-making and leave British diplomats blindsided. Critics of the move include Liberal Democrat MEP Louisa Porritt, who described the plans as haughty grandstanding and accused Boris Johnson of unnecessarily sabotaging British influence in Europe. Nigel Farage has lashed out at the royal family during a speech to a right-wing political conference in Australia. The Brexit party leader took aim at the royals while discussing wide-ranging issues such as Brexit and media bias, reserving his harshest criticism for Princess Charles and Harry and the Queen Mother. 
Farage praised the Queen as an awe-inspiring woman before condemning the Queen Mother as an overweight, chain-smoking gin drinker. He also rebuked Prince Charles for his stance on climate change and accused Prince Harry of having fallen off a cliff after meeting his wife Meghan Markle. While media were barred from attending the Conservative Political Action Conference in Sydney, Farage's alleged remarks were published by The Guardian this week after the newspaper received a recording of his speech. The number of complaints against British gambling firms has surged almost 5,000% in the last five years. According to figures from the Gambling Commission, the number of complaints rose to a record high of 8,266 last year, up from 169 in 2013. The majority of complaints are said to relate to socially irresponsible behaviour by gambling companies or those refusing to pay out on winning bets. Neil MacArthur, chief executive of the Gambling Commission, said the rise in complaints could in part indicate positive change, showing that consumers are now demanding more of the gambling operators. It follows a significant increase in gambling over the last decade, with UK gamblers now losing almost twice as much money to betting firms than they did 10 years ago. Rail fares are to rise by up to 2.8% in 2019, the Rail Delivery Group has confirmed. The planned hike in ticket prices follows an earlier increase introduced in January this year, which saw fares rise by an average of 3.1%. The rise is based on the Retail Prices Index, or RPI, inflation measure of 2.8% for July. Campaigners are calling on train operators to scrap the RPI-linked increases in favour of those based on the Consumer Prices Index, a typically lower rate of inflation which is more widely monitored and used. While Rail Minister Chris Heaton-Harris said fare rises were vital for network improvements, the TUC has condemned the move, claiming British rail users are already paying the highest ticket prices in Europe to travel on overcrowded and understaffed trains. In education news... Student loan interest is set to almost double within five years, leaving graduates owing £8.6 billion in interest alone, government figures have revealed. The debt is set to surge despite growing criticism of the sky-high interest rates charged on student loans, which stood at 6.3% during the last academic year. The increase in interest will, for the most part, fall on students who started their degrees after 2012, when David Cameron's government raised the tuition fee cap from £3,000 to £9,000 per year. Their debts are expected to more than double from £3.5 billion to £7.6 billion. Shadow Education Secretary Angela Rayner has condemned the figures as evidence of a broken student loan system and accused the government of pricing young people out of education. The Labour Party has said it would scrap the system of university places being handed out on the basis of predicted grades in favour of delaying admissions until after exam results are published. Labour's Education Secretary Angela Rayner said the party would look to overhaul the higher education admission system in England amid concerns it is penalising disadvantaged students. At present, A-level students are offered university places dependent on forecasted grades months ahead of their final exams. Under Labour's plans, the admissions process would be delayed until students have received their grades. The party's announcement comes as more than 300,000 students received their A-level results this morning. Research has previously found around 1,000 high-achieving students from disadvantaged backgrounds face having their grades underpredicted each year. These low forecasts can mean high-achieving students are forced to wait a year to reapply to elite universities such as Imperial College London or Cambridge. Speaking to BBC Radio 4, Rayner said Labour was willing to alter the academic calendar to allow students to make choices based upon their actual grades. She added, if that means we have to adjust the academic year slightly to make that happen, I think it's important we do, because our system has to be fair. In 
environment news. Goldsmiths University in London has banned the sale of beef on site as part of new plans to tackle climate change. The removal of beef products is to be introduced alongside other new measures, such as a 10p levy on single-use plastic cups and bottles of water, as the institution attempts to become carbon neutral by 2025. The university's new warden, Professor Francis Corner, says staff and students cared passionately about the future of our environment and claimed that declaring a climate emergency could not be empty words. However, the beef ban has been met with criticism from the National Farmers Union, which labelled the decision as an overly simplistic approach to tackling climate change. Labour's Shadow Environment Secretary Sue Heyman has spoken out in favour of a review of grouse hunting in the UK, saying, For too long, the Tories have bent the knee to landowners, and it's our environment and our people who pay the price. Speaking on the first day of the grouse shooting season on Monday, Heyman said the impact of the practice on the environment and wildlife needed to be properly weighed up against the benefit of landowners profiting from shooting parties. Approximately 700,000 grouse are shot in the UK each year. The RSPB has warned a lack of effective regulation has had a harmful effect on the environment, with preparations for the season including practices such as the burning of vegetation and the illegal hunting of predator birds, which could target grouse stocks. The Labour Party has called for a review of grouse hunting and its impact, and has spoken out in support of viable alternatives which could benefit rural economies such as simulated shoots. In business news, the latest report from the New Economics Foundation has called for more public holidays and an increase in workers' wages in order to boost the productivity of the British economy. According to the report, boosting consumer spending power could improve confidence in the demand for products and services, encouraging UK firms to raise their productivity. Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell has welcomed the report's findings as an ambitious plan for economic transformation, which could help lift the UK out of the productivity crisis. Productivity, economic output per hour of work, has fallen from an average of 2% before the 2008 financial crisis to around 0.7% in recent years. Two television adverts have become the first to be banned by the Advertising Standards Authority, or ASA, under new rules against gender stereotyping. The ASA banned one ad for Philadelphia cream cheese over complaints it perpetuated the stereotype that men are incapable of caring for children, after showing two bungling fathers. A second ad for car maker Volkswagen was banned after showing scenes which included a man and woman camping on a cliff face, a male para-athlete and astronauts, and a woman with a pram. Complainants suggested the ad made women appear passive while men were shown engaged in adventurous activities. Both brands have rejected the accusation that ads use harmful gender stereotypes as critics of the new regulations accused the ASA of taking its rules too far. In health news, a new poll for the medical magazine Pulse has found patients are waiting almost 15 days for an appointment with their GP. According to an annual survey of doctors, the average wait for a routine appointment has risen above two weeks for the first time, with one in five survey GPs claiming waiting times at their practice have exceeded three weeks. It follows repeated complaints from doctors' organisations, warning that GPs are being overworked in the face of rising patient demand. NHS figures show there were 28,697 full-time GPs practising in March, down 441 on last year. NHS England said the survey represented only a small fraction of GPs and did not tally with official figures. A new study published in the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health Journal has found that while frequent use of social media is linked to poorer mental health, its effects are not direct. 
According to the research, links between poor mental well-being and social media may be down to the fact that more time spent online leaves less time for other activities, such as sleep or exercise. Study co-author Professor Russell Viner said sleep was a more important factor than social media use in determining the mental health of young children. The research, which assessed 9,797 13-14-year-olds, also put the link down to cyberbullying among girls. Viner explained, when you account for cyberbullying, physical activity and sleep, the effect of social media in girls washes out completely. In sports news, French referee Stephanie Frappard has made history after becoming the first woman to officiate a major men's European football match. Frappard refereed the UEFA Super Cup match in Istanbul last night, which saw Liverpool beat Chelsea 5-4 on penalties after a two-all draw. The French referee was appointed to the role earlier this month as part of an all-female on-field referee team. She was joined on the pitch by assistant referees Manuela Nicolosi of Italy and Michelle O'Neill from the Republic of Ireland. Despite the historic significance, Frappard said she would not be feeling any extra pressure ahead of the match. She explained, This is not my first appointment. I was also appointed in League One, so I know the feelings and emotions and how to manage them. Elsewhere in the world. Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam has warned protesters against further action after flights were suspended at Hong Kong airport this week, saying... Take a minute to think, look at our city, our home. Do you all really want to see it pushed into an abyss? Mass demonstrations in the international airport's main terminal resulted in the cancellation of hundreds of flights on Monday. The action was organised by anti-government protesters who were demanding the complete withdrawal of a controversial extradition bill and an independent inquiry into the police response to the demonstrations. Lam has repeatedly refused to make any concessions to the protesters, Speaking at a press conference on Monday, she warned further violence would push Hong Kong down a path of no return and plunge the region into a very worrying and dangerous situation. Lam's statement was met with intense questioning from reporters attending the conference, one asking, when will you accept political responsibility to end citizens' fear? When will you be willing to step down? Meanwhile, Chinese paramilitary forces have reportedly been filmed assembling in the city of Shenzhen, close to the border of Hong Kong. The United Nations has urged Beijing to exercise restraint in its response to those demonstrating after China's mission to the UN described the protests as showing a tendency of resorting to terrorism. Beijing has previously used accusations of terrorism to justify cracking down on non-violent opposition in minority regions such as Tibet. One woman has been killed and another injured in a knife attack in Sydney, Australia. Police arrested a 20-year-old suspect in connection with the stabbings, after he was restrained by members of the public on Tuesday. Armed with a butcher's knife, the suspect was also carrying a USB drive containing information about terrorist ideologies at the time of his arrest. However, police are not treating the case as a terrorist attack and say the suspect is known to police in relation to his history of mental health conditions. Superintendent Gavin Wood of New South Wales Police praised bystanders who intervened to restrain the man and prevent further casualties, saying they jumped into a situation which was extremely dangerous. These people are heroes. A breakthrough trial of two new Ebola drugs has found the disease may soon be preventable and treatable. The drugs have been trialled on patients in the Democratic Republic of Congo, finding that over 90% of those infected with the disease can survive if they receive early treatment. Health officials have said the medication, named REGN-EB3 and MAB114, will now be rolled out to Ebola patients across the Congo, where there is currently a major outbreak of the disease. 
Director of the Wellcome Trust Global Health Charity, Jeremy Farrar, said the drugs would undoubtedly save lives. More than 1,800 people have been killed by Ebola in the Congo over the past year, prompting the World Health Organization to declare a public health emergency of international concern last month. U.S. investigators have insisted they will continue to examine the case against Jeffrey Epstein after the disgraced financier's apparent suicide on Saturday. The 66-year-old billionaire died while awaiting trial on charges of sex trafficking involving dozens of women and girls. While Epstein's accusers have voiced their anger that he can no longer face trial, investigators have said the inquiry into the offences and Epstein's potential co-conspirators will not be dropped. Ahead of an FBI raid on the financier's private island on Tuesday, U.S. Attorney General William Barr warned the case would continue against anyone who was complicit with Epstein, adding any co-conspirators should not rest easy. Victims deserve justice and will get it. Our facts of the week are... Staring down seagulls may be the best way to save your chips, a researcher from Exeter University has discovered. Madeleine Gumas travelled to seaside towns including Falmouth, St Ives and Newquay to study the birds' behaviour. She found locking eyes with gulls often deterred them from getting too close. Sometimes they would jump and stop dead when they realised they were being watched, Gumas said. Among birds that did attempt to steal chips, eye contact typically held them off for 21 seconds. Brits have spent a total of £4 billion on stockpiling goods in case of a no-deal Brexit. According to research by the finance provider Premium Credit, one in five people have begun buying additional supplies of food, drinks and medicine in preparation for a potential no-deal exit from the EU, with the average stockpiler spending an extra £380. 67% of Londoners have purchased a houseplant in the last 12 months, according to online plant store Patch. Patch's findings come amid reports of a boom in indoor plant sales. The Royal Horticultural Society said its houseplant sales grew 50% in 2018, while online furniture store May.com said its sales of plant accessories had quadrupled. Patch founder Freddie Blackett put the increase down to rising urbanisation and a desire for green spaces, saying... People are increasingly living in tight spaces in increasingly tight cities, so access to nature is much reduced. And finally, 53% of wildlife has been lost from the world's forests over the last 40 years. According to conservationists from the World Wildlife Fund, WWF, populations of forest-dwelling birds, mammals, amphibians and reptiles plummeted by more than half between 1970 and 2014. The organisation has called for the protection and restoration of forests, with WWF forest specialist Will Baldwin-Cantello warning, forests are our greatest natural ally in the fight against climate breakdown. We lose them at our peril. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.